Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today I'm talking about making a difference or, or, or actually beginning to have a purpose and, and know what your purpose in God is. Are you ready for the sermon? Okay, so I'm going to talk about how we are to have a transcendent purpose. Everybody say transcendent purpose. It's a big word, right? Transcendent. Yeah, transcendent purpose. You know, God has wired us with this desire to actually make a difference in someone else's life. God is hardwired into us. You won't find more satisfaction in life. I can, I can, I can bet my bottom dollar on this that you won't find more satisfaction in life than when the moment comes when you actually know that you've made a significant change in someone else's life. There is nothing, no, no holiday, no you know, amount of money, no uh, power. No, there, there, you, can, you can list all of the things of this world that it presents. I'm telling you something. There is no more satisfaction than comes from knowing that what you are doing and what you're putting your life towards is actually making a difference into other people's lives. This is transcendent purpose. This is the ability to have a purpose above me transcending above all of my needs. Um, who's, who's heard of a guy called Maslow? Do you remember Maslow? You studied him in college, right? His, his whole list of the, the different needs that, that, that humans have. Well, the, the, the last one he has is, is the, 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 uh, the need of transcendence. And he talks about this. Sociologists talk about this need in human beings. You know, once we've got everything in order, the ability to be able to actually help others is, is, is like on the top priority. It's the highest order, right? And God has actually wired that into our hearts. And that's what we here at C3 Mumbai together are actually all about. Now, this might, be, um, this might be news to you. I don't know what you view something like this kind of organization. Um, I don't know how you would view it, whether or not you view it as something where you come to get your needs met. Yes, it is that. Or whether it is something that you come in order to make sure that you're okay with God because, you know, that's what you do. You've got to go to church to be a good person. Well... You know, we need to talk about that a little more if that's, if that's, it's, it's a little deeper than that. It's a lot deeper than that. But, but actually what we're here to do is actually because we want to actually help together other people come to know Christ. And that is actually our transcendent purpose. Let me, let, me, let me help you to see this. See, you might, you might um, come along and say, I want to get involved in this, this little group here and I want to do something to make a difference. Well, we'll we might say, well, hey, is the reverb on this thing? You just need to turn it off. I feel like I'm in a tunnel. Um, well, well, I wouldn't mind to get involved in, in, in helping serve coffee. That's better. That's better. Now it sounds like Ryan, not Ryan, transcendent Ryan. Okay. <laughs> That's better. I'm very, uh, my OCDs were going off. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I want to help serve coffee. I want to I help serve coffee. And there might be a person that comes along for the first time and you just hand them a coffee and they'll be like, wow, I've never walked into something and like someone's just handed me a coffee. Together, they're going to they're gonna be a whole lot more attendant to what I'm saying uh, or, or whoever's preaching is saying because someone has loved them when they've walked in. 
Rather than coming in kind of feeling like, oh, I'm, I don't know, who are these people? What am I doing here? Should I be here? Look at that person. Look at all. Oh, look at the way they're singing. Look at the way this is. I don't belong here. You know, you know if we serve people, they, they instantly will feel a, a sense of belonging. But we can only do that together, right? That's what we're all about. And when we begin to realize what we're here to do, that we have this transcendent purpose, this purpose actually that lives above ourselves and and that we are actually wired to actually do this and it brings an amazing sense of satisfaction. Uh, we, We begin to do it together. We get happy doing stuff for other people. God brings happiness as we do that. It's a part of what's wired into us. And we also see others, their lives changing and others getting helped as we do that. See, that's what this church is all about it's all about the other the reason it's all about the others is because that's where true satisfaction that's where true happiness is and that's where the heart of god is when we when we begin to operate more in this and see this place as a place to serve rather than a place to be served you're going to find that you you're going to switch gears in your walk with the lord it's a place to serve not a place to be served right? That's, that's how it works. I'm not, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty if you're coming here, you're not doing anything. Please, that is not the purpose of this. What I'm trying to help you is, is with is to get something to you, a blessing that I'm partaking in and I know others here are partaking in that's there for you also, right? Okay, so Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day. One of the most amazing examples of this, of how God has hardwired our us human beings to to have this purpose that exists upon it, up above ourselves is the example of a mother <laughs> as much as we and and this is particularly uh, uh, a, a thing that probably men struggle with more than than girls or, or maybe these days it's it's no different now I don't know with all this feminism and people doing all sorts of things with their lives um, but we we kind of can sometimes have this arrogance that, you know, I've, I've done so much and it's all about me and look at how good I am and look at what I can do and look what I've achieved. And we, 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 we often forget so easily that there was a mother who, laid, who literally laid her life down on a, uh, on a, on a hospital bed um, and risked her life and, risked and lost a lot of blood and lost a lot of everything in order to have you. Right? We forget that so easily. That's why we have Mother's Day. And, uh, uh, but, but each one of us, each one of us, every one of us has a mom who laid their lives on the line for you. And, and it's, it's, it's hardwired into mothers to do this. God has put it into a mother to do this. So much so that, that a lot of the pain and a lot of the crazy stuff that goes on in childbirth, actually they even forget. Did you know that? It's crazy. There's some things that I've told Rachel you were doing when you were having Willow. Um, there was, <laughs> you know that laughing gas? That laughing gas, you know laughing gas? So there was a, there was, Rachel had some laughing gas. I wish I could have tried it, but I wasn't allowed. No, I didn't, I didn't want to try it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, but Rachel uh, had the laughing gas. Was it Willow or Elijah? I can't remember. I think it was Elijah. And she took the laughing, laughing gas and the, the rooms, you know, hospital rooms go beep, pop, and there's all the noises going on. 
And so she takes a laughing gas, can't feel the pain anymore, and uh, next thing she's pretending that she's the machines. Beep, pop, beep, pop, beep, pop. <laughs> it's hilarious. I was like, Rachel, what are you doing? She's like, beep, but it's like in another world. I'm like, wow, this is, I've never seen Rachel like this before. It's amazing. And I told her afterwards and she'd completely forgotten. Plus, oh, a lot of the, the really painful moments was absolutely just was kind of blocked out because God has hardwired her to, in order to, to handle that, if she remembered everything, I don't know that we would have a second child, right? So um, uh, thank God for that. Um, but but uh, this is the thing. If I was to say to Rachel, now, there's a lot that she does remember. There's a lot that any mother does remember, a lot of pain. There's the pain of when you've had the child and if you, if you happen to breastfeed, um, there's a lot of pain with that. Or, or even the sleepless nights, there's a lot of pain with that. Or, or just the fact that all of a sudden you've got this kid that's looking at you and you're the one that's bringing life to it and there's nothing else but you and them. Because dads don't really come into the picture in the first three, four months of having children. I, like, I, didn't, ex I didn't exist when, when Willow and Elijah came into this world. I, I was just like another person that stood around. Uh, it comes around eventually that they, it's now that they, they get a little bit more attached. But, but initially it's all about the mum and, and, and the mum just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and loses a part of themselves, their bodies, you know, it's, it's a struggle, it's, 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 not, it's not easy once you've had a child. There might be a scar that's appeared, you know, and there might be, there might be a sacrifice that the mother's had to make, but she makes it. And if I was to say to, to my beautiful wife, Rachel, or to any of the mothers here, would you not do it? They would say, yeah, I, 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 I would do it again. I'd do it again for the sake of that beautiful child that I have, my beautiful, beautiful child, because it's a transcendent purpose that God has wired into them to give of themselves something that is actually beyond themselves. And, and it's just an example of how God works throughout nature and throughout humanity and how he's working in each one of us, but a prime and beautiful example for today and, and, a, and, a, and an example that I'm making with gratefulness in my heart is this purpose that is hardwired into mothers. And to all of you girls, and with what you carry, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. And I'm honored by it. And uh, thank you. But see, the world, the world says, you know, that selfishness is what satisfies. It's, a, it's, a, it's this lie that the world and the system of this world, that it's all about you. It's all about your needs. It's all about you getting what you need right? That's the system of this world. That's what it tells us. It's selling us a lie. Someone who, who sat at the top of this system recently toured, and he still sits at the top of this system in terms of um, his wealth and, and his influence and all that he's doing. Um, he was recently with us just while I was in Goa, and I was really bummed that I was in Goa while this happened, and I would have gone to the concert as a young man called Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, right? Justin Bieber is a 24-year-old young man who, I just want to point out, I don't know if you know this already, but these, see these two men right here, that guy and that guy. They're two pastors. A guy called Carl Lenz. Okay, clap. Carl Lenz, who leads Hillsong New York 
and Rich Wilkinson, I can't remember the name of his church, but his dad was the guy who wrote... Pardon? Times Square Church? Well, he, and his dad was the guy who wrote The Cross and the Switchblade. All your old school Christians mightn't remember that book and movie. Okay? Yeah, Rich, Rich Wilkerson Jr. is his name. Two pastors. Why has Justin Bieber got two pastors on his stage when he's here in India waving the Indian flag? What's going on there? You may not have noticed that. I'll tell you why they're up there. And, and I'll tell you why his purpose tour is called The Purpose Tour. Because here's a boy who was at the top of it all who had lost his purpose. Meets Christ and suddenly has a purpose. Yeah, you, like seriously, um, you, he's, not, he's not like a poster. I'm not making him a poster boy of Christianity here. I'm, so he is certainly not one, one, one of those kind of people. And he himself, I'm sure, would say I'm not a poster because he's a human being. And uh, the, thing, the, the hard thing with celebrities is that they live their lives in public. So if he messes up, it's going to be public. And he has messed up and he, he is walking through life. But he's got these two guys who baptized him. I think he got baptized in Carl Lenz's uh, bathtub up in New York there one night. There's a story about it in Rolling Stone that, that, got, that got written. And, and it, it, the reason these guys are touring with him is because he knows... That before Christ, he didn't have a purpose. And he's this whole purpose tour and everything that's happening that he's doing, I don't think we would have a Justin Bieber with us had he not met Christ. Because he had fallen apart. Child star, you know what happens with child stars. Well, this guy didn't because of Christ. You see, we, we live in this world that sells us this lie that if you can get to Justin Bieber's kind of level and be like him and, and be famous, that you're going to be happy and you're going to have this and you're going to have this. It's a lie. It's a lie. And here's an example of a guy, a young man, who's met Christ and all of a sudden he's, his, his life has a purpose. So much so he writes an album called Purpose. It has a purpose tour. And he talks about it in, in, in his concert. He's like, I, I want you to know that each one of you has a purpose. You know why he's saying that? Because it's like some sort of thing he's taken off the shelf? No, it's because he knows that God has given him a purpose in what he's doing. Isn't that cool? You know, give God a big clap. See, see selfishness, it leads to broken societies selfishness and being it all about me it leads to, to to bitter and broken people who have gotten to wherever they were trying to go by being selfish and by making it all them by themselves and realizing that, that when they're up there at the top that they're all by themselves built to have one another and in that purpose and what God has wired into us with this transcendent purpose where it's no longer about us but it's about the other God speaks about it. It's, it's in the Bible. It's talked about it throughout the Bible. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Let's have a look at it. I'm going to open my Bible. Let's have a look at it. I haven't even got my Bible open. 2 Timothy. Mm. Mm. having trouble turning to it today. I'm out of rhythm, man. I shouldn't go on holidays. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. 
not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Let me just help you with this scripture. Firstly, what's good to note before we talk about anything is this, what I've underlined here is where it says, it's not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. We have to get this straight, that our purpose, our destiny, our calling, and, and our relationship with God, and all that we do and all that we have in Him is not because of anything we have done. We need to lay that down. Because we can make our whole relationship with God about what we've done. Oh, God, I should have your favor because I've done this and I've done that and haven't I done this and haven't I, haven't I been a better person and all of that sort of thing. We will be, on a, we'll be like mice on, a, on one of those things that just keeps on going around, 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 around. If we, if we have that relationship with God, it will, never, it will never bring satisfaction and it will never be the relationship that God had for you if you get on that round, around, around, around thing. What are they called, those things? A spinning wheel. That's a good word for it, a spinning wheel. So, so this holy life is given to us. So, so it says there in verse 9, it says, He has saved us. Everybody said, say, saved us. Saved. That's first. He saved us. Not because of anything we've done, except just believed. That is that simple. He saved us. But He hasn't just saved us. He's also called us. He's saved you from sin. He's saved you from the grips of hell. He's saved you from death and separation from himself. He saved you through that, uh, from that through the work of Christ. But he hasn't just saved you. He's called you to something. He saved you and he's called you. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm called. <coughs> but what is it that we're called to? Well, it says there, to a holy life. Other, other versions say, to good works. Good works. And, and, and these, this holy life and these good works were planned for us. It says there, before the beginning of time. Now, that's just before the beginning of time. Those four words. Before the beginning of time. Five words. Beginning of time. Now, if anybody is interested in when time began and the, the philosophical uh, implications of that statement, just think about that for a moment. Before time began. When did time begin? <laughs> but I know one thing. That before time began, before this thing became a relevant instrument, watch there was a plan of good works that God had for you and your purpose and your destiny and your calling that he's called you to he saved you and he's called you and and there's there's a purpose there that he's called us to but you've got to understand something, that what God calls you to is not just some sort of insignificant thing. What God is calling us to is something huge. 
Uh, and, and it is, uh, to some degree, to do with your own personal life and your own personal walk and what's in you and your career and all of those sorts of things and what you do and who you marry. and all It's all intertwined, right? But a big part of it is right here in this room where we begin to play with eternity. See, in this room, what I'm talking about here affects the lives of people and their eternity and where they end up when this body gives up. What we do, the, the simple example of a person just giving coffee in the morning to someone who comes in and meets Christ, well, that coffee can actually be a part of uh, playing a part in, in helping a person to come out of the grips of hell and death and separation from God into, into life in Jesus, and actually when this body gives up, that they live their eternal life back with God into, in the home that He has prepared for them. You know, we are called to an eternal purpose. Yes, you are called, but let me tell you something. What God calls you to is eternal. It's not stuff that, that just we, 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 we can't, we just leave here when we die. It's not that kind of stuff. That is, that is a part of it, but it's not our purpose. God wants to have you to have stuff. He wants you to have wealth. He wants you to have vacations. He wants you to have, uh, you know, all of the trappings of this life. That's okay. He wants you to have a good relationship. He wants you to get married. He wants all of those sorts of things. But, but your purpose is beyond that. And it's eternal. Let me, let me help you by showing you this next scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved. Even though... Only as one escaping through flames. I just love how the, the Bible and Paul and Jesus and all of these guys, well, Jesus wasn't just a guy, he was God, but they all used examples of business and, and they all used examples. This is an example of a builder, right? Building something. Isn't that cool? It's relevant to us right now. But let me tell you something about this scripture. See, this is talking about what God is going to do one day and it's not talking about judgment day. Let me just help you with this if you know what judgment day is it's if you don't it's okay but but if anyone builds on the uh, if we go back to oh no that is it uh where it says it will be because the day will bring the day okay there is going to be a day in heaven when we're all standing there where god is going to test everything that we have done on this earth now remember this thought he saved us and he's called us Okay, so if you're in heaven at this point in time, it's because he saved you. You understand? But what he's going to test is what you did with your calling. Okay, that's what God is going to test on you is what you did with your calling. And, and it will be revealed with fire. It's going to be an interesting day. And the fire will t test the quality of each person's work. 
If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Okay, so that's cool. So there's actually, you can make some sort of investment now that comes and comes to its, you know, it, it matures when we're in heaven. Did you know that? Right? Isn't that cool? Now, but if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Okay? It's still saved. Even though only as one escaping through flames. Oh, my butt, my butt. Right? Won't be that funny. But uh, I just had to do that. I don't know why. I want to ask you a question. Does your life have any eternal investments? Does your life have any eternal investments? What's the one thing, the one thing that we get to take into heaven with us? What's the one thing? I mean, apart from ourselves. What's the one thing that's going to last beyond this earth that we get to take into heaven with us? You know what it is? It's the others that we bring in with us. There's nothing else that has any eternal significance. There's nothing else you can take to heaven except people. Because that is what God, that's what his heart is all about. It's what this church is all about. This is why we're here. It's a transcendent purpose. See, suddenly it's like, oh, it's like, oh God, it's not about me then. No, you're in. You're saved. But what about those who aren't? Do you understand? We've got to have a purpose beyond ourselves. We've got to have a purpose beyond ourselves. It's, it, God has left it to us. And in hard, like I said, hardwired into us, there is nothing more satisfying and more, more satisfying and more amazing than when you see someone come out of the grips of hell and into the kingdom of God. Yeah. And as we do that week by week, here at our place here at C3 Mumbai, Week by week, you'll see the joy of the Lord just building in this place in an atmosphere that is just so attractive and so amazing and that people will just come in and just be like, what is going on here? Because people will be finding their freedom in Christ. They'll be finding hope in Christ. They'll be finding love. They'll getting, be getting set free from their past, set free from bondage, set free from the stuff that holds them back and finding their purpose. But let me tell you something. Our purpose is transcendent. It's above us. It's about the other. Does your life and everything it represents have any eternal investments who do you want to be in heaven do you want to be just saved or do you want to be called there's another scripture that says many are called but few are chosen and and that choosing is actually our choice and by what we do with what god has given us once again, I'm not here to make anyone feel guilty or feel bad or feel... I'm here to just to encourage you and, 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 and be like a, if you can treat me like, a, like a, an investment banker who has got some investments in heaven and I'm just saying, hey, you need to also invest. How do you do that? Well, you begin to invest 
in others. Bring them here. And, don't, and, and we're not just, uh, when we, we, we as a church here, we do social justice. As you said, Rachel, we do social justice. We do stuff to help the community. We will do that. But we'll also, we want to we present people to Christ. Because we're actually doing them an injustice if we help them in the physical, but we don't help them in the spiritual. Right? Uh, we want to help them in both. So we want to we present those who, who need, have needs. We'll give them the, the, what their needs represent. We'll, we'll, where, whatever we can, whatever, whatever the, the, we want to do King George Memorial. We want to do that. And I, wanna, I, actually, I, actually, I have a vision. I wanna, what I want to see is within a 5 to 10 kilometer radius of this place that we just bring life, where we go and assess the needs within this area and we begin to meet them. And wherever we plant churches in the future, that's what we do. We just go and see what the needs are in the area and we bring love and light, right? I want to do that. But if we don't, if we do that without giving them Christ, we are actually not giving them the best thing about life, and that is Jesus. Right? Last thing, and I'm going to finish. It's one o'clock. I've got no time. But our purpose is achieved together. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those slides. So the first slide was... We are called to a transcendent purpose, right? That's slide number one. Second slide is we are called to an eternal purpose. The third slide is our purpose is achieved together. Ephesians 4.16, it says this. It says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know what we are doing here? Is last week you discovered, oh, I wonder what my gifting is and you're going to find as we, as we start this course that you're going to, we're going to do a, a gifting test so that you can actually know what your gift is. But our gifting is our part to play in the body. We can't achieve the magnitude of what God is calling to us to uh, and make a difference in this city without each other. Can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. Rachel and I can't do it alone. We need each other. Because we're the body. God has called us together. It might be coffee. It might be children's church. It might be on the music team. It might be a connect leader. It might be an usher. It might be in production. But we're all working together for the same purpose, and that purpose is to help others know Christ, that eternal purpose, right? So, okay, I'm going to finish up. You might be thinking, oh, well, all right, you just dropped the bomb on me, Ryan. What do I do now? <laughs> I reckon what you should do now is in two weeks when we start this growth track, the journey, just sign up and do it. You don't have to make any commitment to it. You don't have to make any sort of... Uh, sort of just, just come and, and see what it's all about and learn about Jesus and, and the journey that he puts us on. And uh, I, I can tell you, there is nothing in life that will bring more satisfaction, more completeness, more hope than when you begin to realize that you have a purpose but that purpose isn't just about you and your needs, it's about the needs of others. And when you begin to, as we begin to sow in 
to this city together and build Mumbai, make it a better place. And as we go about our lives together, I can tell you something. It will be like a snowball. Just gathers a little bit of momentum. Your snowballs, as they go down, they eventually cause an avalanche. You know what I mean? And that's what will happen with this place. It will just become this, in, in, in this massive changing agent in this city that brings hope and life and love. And I, just, I don't know if you want to be a part of that, but I do. I want to stand in heaven one day and with, with C3 Mumbai and say, hey, this is, this is, this is my crew. This is, this is us. This is, hey, God. Hey, Jesus, this is, this is us right here. We, and, and, and uh, you know, and, and as Jesus looks at us all and he says, you know what? Hey, oh, what? you bought that person, you bought that person, you bought that person. Wow, whoa, there's thousands of them. And we all go and get to live in our own little community somewhere. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, good. All with big houses, bungalows with pools. Yeah, come on. Hmm. Backyard. Come on now. I don't know. Whatever. But that's how it'll be, guys. That's what we're working towards together. And one day we will stand before God. And he will test it. So let's start to invest now into our transcendent purpose. To what God has for us. Amen? Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 